Hey, hey! <laughs> Welcome to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I'm Kirsten Galfan, your host. I started my company, Fitness Inspired, in 2008. I have my master's degree in exercise science. And yeah, I started my company with the mission and the vision of making changes you love to live with. And I'm so excited to continue doing that every single day and I'm going to be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies, and tips to make changes you love to live with. All right. Hey, Dr. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing great, Kirsten. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. It's such an honor and I'm excited to have you on the Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. Can you tell the listeners what kind of doctor you are? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I am a dentist. Um, I'm a general practitioner. I am in family dentistry. So a general practice where we'll see you for teeth cleanings, if you need fillings, or if you need something more invasive like crowns or root canals or extractions, we do that too at the office. So anything that pertains to your oral health. Awesome. And you're my dentist. And I was just saying before we hit record, I was like, you are so gorgeous seeing you without your mask, with your <laughs> hair down. So looking good. Um, so the reason why I asked you to be on the podcast is I'm what you might call a difficult customer when it comes to the dental work. And the reason why is because I'm like, asking all the questions. I went from being completely healthy, never go. I've always gone to the dentist and I had braces. So the orthodontist growing up and stuff like that, but I didn't have any like experience with doing, seeing any specialists or anything like that until I was 29. And then boom. Uh, besides that, I just had Addison, you know, I have, I had a baby. So that was, that was a little bit of experience with doctors, but um, when I was 29, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And so after that, uh, I I'm just very conscious of any x-rays and things like that. So I'm always saying to you, Dr. Lauren and the, whoever's helping me out, um, cleaning my teeth. I'm like, okay, but do I have to get my x-rays? So this is the backstory. And so you were so awesome the other day. And I know like you're super busy. So I appreciate that you took the time in the office to explain and you're taking the time today to help us because I said, okay, so if I want to just really minimize my cavity risk, what are some things I can do besides, besides brushing my teeth and dental flossing? Like we hopefully all know that, uh, but talk to us a little bit about other things that we can do if we're like, okay, Maybe I don't care. Maybe I'm okay with getting x-rays um, often. Like maybe the listener's like, okay, I'm not worried about getting x-rays because you guys take all the precautions and everything. I'm just being difficult. But still, we could all help from, you know, working on our cavity risk, minimizing that. And you know, I just had a friend say the other day, she's like, I just have bad teeth. Like, I just, I don't know, no matter what I do, 
I think I'm always going to have bad teeth. And then some of the things you told me the other day, I was like, Hmm, I wonder, I'm not going to say, Oh, Hey girl, I'm going to give you some tips. I'm not doing that. Don't worry. I'm not that kind of friend, but tell us your, like, give us some tips, uh, about how we can minimize our cavity risk. Yeah, no, that's great. And I just want to say you're not a problem patient. I love it when (laughs) patients ask questions. I'm passionate about teeth and oral health. So I love to share this information. And I really find that, you know, education is power. So just knowing, you know, what a cavity is and what your risk is and how to mitigate that. So I always like to say that, um, you know, things that contribute to cavities, it's a multifactorial process. It's not that you eat one bar of candy and then boom, you have a cavity. Um, there's lots of different things that go into it. So, you know, there is a little bit of a bacteria or a genetic component to it. Some people just have more aggressive strains of bacteria in their mouth. So they might be fighting an uphill battle, meaning they need to work extra hard at keeping things clean. Uh, another major factor that goes into it is your diet. So. Um, each time you expose your teeth to sugar, even if it's a natural sugar, like a banana or even simple carbs, simple carbs will stick onto your tooth, the enzymes in your mouth, break it down into simple sugars. And then it's this combination of things that you think are healthy, like fruits and, and, you know, granola, but those things stick to your teeth and they break down into sugars. So the cavity process, um, each time you give the bacteria in your mouth sugar, or if you create an acidic environment, so even a diet soda, lots of acid there, um, it will feed the bacteria, the pH in your mouth drops, so things become super acidic. And then minerals in the outer shell of tooth structure, which is called enamel, will be lost. So on a microscopic level, things become more porous, um, when the tooth enamel loses minerals, that process can't ever be reversed, but you can maintain it and keep it from losing more minerals. So people will hear, oh, I have soft teeth, I have bad teeth. Well, it's because you have kind of destroyed the outer shell a little bit and made it you know, at higher risk and softer because of all the bacteria and the sugar and the acid. So you'll have these weak spots, which in the dental world, we call them demineralized areas because you've lost minerals. Sometimes they show up as white or brown spots on the teeth. So if you have those little white spots on your teeth or sometimes they're brown, those are those demineralized areas. So they're always going to be at risk for turning into cavities. So um, how you minimize your risk, let's say if you have a high risk diet with all those sugars and acid, is you want to decrease your frequency. Um, if you are sipping on Diet Coke all day or snacking all day, you're just continuously feeding the bacteria sugar and you're making your mouth more acidic and then you're losing more minerals. Um, if you want to still have those things, I would suggest maybe having them in one setting. So instead of sipping all day, maybe just have, okay, can't give up my Diet Coke. I'll just have it at dinner time, And then that's it. You're just having that one exposure. So after you have an acid attack or sugar attack in the mouth, the pH does gradually go back up and that's your safe zone is when you have a neutral pH. Okay. So if you are having these sugary things or acidic things, you wanna try and neutralize the pH. So 
um, you know, rinsing your mouth out with water. Um, if you can get to a toothbrush and brush all those things off, that'll return your mouth to a healthy pH or the neutral zone. Um, other things that contribute to it, the whole decay process is how much saliva you have. Saliva is actually a natural buffer and that helps to get your mouth back to that safety zone where it's a neutral pH. So certain people, either when you get older or if you're on certain medications, you'll have less saliva production. So if you feel like you got dry mouth or a sticky mouth, you don't have that saliva protecting your, your pH and your teeth. So those patients or people are at even higher risk for getting decay. So as you get older, maybe you have dry mouth, you're gonna have a higher risk of getting cavities. So if that's the case, you need to make sure that you're you know, sipping on water and taking extra steps to make sure that you're keeping your teeth clean and healthy. Interesting. So now the saliva piece, is there a genetic component too? Yeah, so um, I would say if you are genetically at risk for some autoimmune diseases, such as Sjogren's syndrome, that's where you'll get dry eyes, dry mouth. Your body just doesn't produce those natural secretions. Um, so there are, you know, autoimmune diseases where you just don't produce the saliva or you have problems. I find that most of my patients, it's, it's as you get older, you just lose production. Um, but a lot of times medications will decrease your salivary flow a lot of hypertensive medications, um, some, you know, um, stimulants for ADHD, that can decrease your saliva production. So there's, there's a big correlation I find with medication-induced dryness. Yeah, interesting. And so uh, you're like helping out one thing and then you have to watch out for something else. And I... I find when working with people, I mean, I obviously, this is not my realm, so I'm learning so much. This is really interesting, but I find with myself and just coaching people that sometimes we can get super overwhelmed. Like if we're hearing all these things, we're like, oh my goodness, where do I start? So do you have any thoughts so far about like, if you're like, oh no, where do I start? Like, what are some little things that you think? would really help out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say one, just being aware of your diet and your frequency of exposure. So, you know, minimizing your exposure to acids, simple sugars, and um, carbohydrates. Okay. Brushing and flossing. Um, brushing with good technique and for the full two minutes. The average American only brushes their teeth for 20 seconds. So, um, set that timer, time yourself, um, slow down with your toothbrushing too. Most people scrub back and forth really fast. And what you want to do is small little circles and little scrubbing actions on your tooth. If it's a manual toothbrush, if it's an electric toothbrush, you just slowly drag it across and let that electronic toothbrush do the work for you. Okay. Techniques okay. Hold on. I just have to tell a personal story. Yeah. So, like I have a uh, electric toothbrush. Okay. But I bet you, I mean, I watch my husband do it and he probably does it right. <laughs> and then I watch myself do it. And I'm just like, like coming across, like you can't see me if you're listening to the podcast, but I come across pretty quick. 
when I should really just stand one tooth longer, probably. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's almost painstakingly slow how, how slow you're moving that toothbrush because the bristles are moving at sonic speed. They're doing all the work for you, but if you move it too fast, then it doesn't have a chance to work on the tooth. Okay, got it. So yeah. I need to work on that. Okay, so you were saying I cut you off. Flossing. Yep, so monitoring your diet, flossing and brushing with proper technique. Um, with floss specifically, um, a lot of people will use the floss picks because they're convenient. Um, the downside to those floss picks is it's such a tight line that you snap it in and you can't really curve that floss around the tooth. So traditional string floss is more effective. So with that string floss, you want to push it in between your teeth and then you're going to hug both strands to one tooth. Then you're going to go up and down, probably like one, two, three. Then you're going to stay in your contact, flip the two strands the other way so that you're hugging the contours of the second tooth. Then you go up and down a couple of times and then you snap out. So most people don't floss with proper technique. If you just snap in, snap out, you're not actually getting the plaque off of the teeth. You're just pushing it in and out and it's not effective at that point. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone lies to you about how often, you know, you, you floss and everything, but I just want to encourage everyone. Like, let's say your baseline is once a week. I'm sure you're like, okay, the gold standard is once a day, right? Is that mm -hmm. the gold standard? Gold standard. Okay. So that's the gold standard. That's what we're trying to work towards. Dr. Lauren is like, please just do it once, once a day. Like how long can it take you? It can't take that long. Like listen to a podcast like this, learn something or put on some music or whatever. Uh, but if you're not, if you're like once a week, even if you increase it, you know, a little bit, like three times a week, it's going to be beneficial, right? It's yeah. Yeah. It's or what? It's it's your gum health will dramatically be improved the more you floss, even if it's just adding a couple of days per week. Um, and then um, if you are an inconsistent flosser, there is a tech gear, I guess you could use to elevate your flossing game. Uh, it's called a water flosser. It's by water pick. And that is actually a very effective tool to floss if you are inconsistent with your string floss. It's a pressurized water and irrigation system. And the studies have shown that if you're using it on the highest pressure setting and you're not rushing through, it's as effective as string floss. So if you just can't figure out the string floss, it's too cumbersome, I highly recommend getting a water pick. And we've seen huge improvements in our patients' gum health with um, inconsistent flossers who started consistently using a water pick. Again, you would want to do it at least once a day. Okay. So now with the water pick, I had a water pick when I had braces, I remember. Mm -hmm. Is it just call the water pick and just any brand is probably okay? Or is it a special kind of water pick? Yeah. Um, there are a couple different products out on the market. You want to make sure that it's a pressurized water irrigation system. Okay. Um, there are other products out there that will do puffs of air and water called an air flosser. Um, 
I don't find that one to be as effective, but if you're getting pressurized water through a device called a water flosser, my favorite brand's water pick, but if you find any water flosser that is pressurized water, then that will be beneficial. Woo woo! It's results week around Fitness Inspired, which if you've been listening for a while, you probably know Fitness Inspired was my first baby. It's my fitness business that I teach group classes, comprehensive fitness programming, coaching, personal training. I go into the workplace and design programs for them, um, for their individual needs as well. It's a lot of fun. And it's results week. So I want to hear your wins. I want to hear your wins in the fitness, health, up level, any wins from this month, and just pick one and share it with me. I can't wait to hear your win from this month, and I want to acknowledge you in that. One of the important things of all Fitness Inspired programs is that time to check in with the data, to learn from it. It's a snapshot of where you are, and then also acknowledge where the attempts were, where the tries were, and your wins from this month. So I hope you share with me a win or two from this month. And you can do that on social media. You can send me an email or a message. And uh, if you're having a problem finding me, my website is livefitnessinspired.com. Have a great day and enjoy the rest of this episode. You rock and answer back out loud. Say, I know. Okay, cool. That's fun. So I have uh, kids seven and four. And so what are your thoughts on how to get the kids to start flossing? What age do they start flossing? And that's like a really hard thing because you want to empower them to do it themselves. However, from my experience, they're going to probably do a terrible job or not at all. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, you're not alone. That's a challenge for most parents. Um, kids just, they're, they're not good flossers. They're not good brushers. And if you look at development of their hand and eye coordination, um, kids under the age of six and seven don't have the fine motor skills to actually scrub their teeth or figure out the floss. So when we have younger kids, I highly recommend we get an electronic toothbrush so that it's a little bit more efficient. It's doing the scrubbing action for them since kids can't scrub or have the fine motor skills to really scrub themselves. A lot of times they just end up chewing on the toothbrush. Um, I do Uh recommend our parents help our kids up until the age six or seven just because they don't have the skills. Um, a lot of times I say, um, you know, if, if we're getting to that age where they want to do it themselves, let them do it, but then take turns Just say, Hey, you brush first, but then mommy's going to brush second, or I'm going to brush first. And then you can finish on your own so that they're still getting that autonomy. They feel like they're in control, but you're still getting in there and helping. Um, when they're six or seven, there's the, the motor skills there. So they could take on that task on their own, but I would still monitor them. Um, and make sure that they're brushing their teeth. Check their toothbrush. Is it wet? Uh, Smell their breath. Did they brush? Look at their teeth. Does it look like there's a fuzzy sweater on there? (laughs) Is that black? Um, 
other things, um, you asked about flossing. Um, so kids, when they're young, they usually have space between their teeth. If there is space between the teeth, that's good. It means a toothbrush can brush the plaque off. But once teeth start touching, that is the essential time that you need to start flossing. Um, with kids, um, the string floss is really tough. So I do usually recommend the, the, the floss picks or the water pick in those kids. Okay. <laughs> I am just imagining the water pick because my daughter's teeth are hardcore touching. So we need to be stepping up our game on that. But I am just imagining, I just even remember myself with braces and I was older. I was late junior high, early high school. And I'm just imagining water going everywhere, which <laughs> could be entertaining, but you know, for a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always say that the water pick, it's, 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 it's messy. There's a learning curve. Um, there is a new cordless one that's waterproof that can go in the shower. So, you know, if you are worried about water getting everywhere, get the cordless one. It works in the shower. Um, you're probably going to need to help the kids, you know, with the water pick. I wouldn't let, you know, a kid under the age of six really handle that on their own. Um, and it's nice because if you have a hard to reach shower tile that you can't clean, you just point that baby at that shower tile and just pressure wash it. And let's go for it. That's, That's my awesome. purpose. <laughs> this is so good. Um, all right, sweet. So I am just remembering um, that friend I talked to mentioned earlier, she was saying like, and I never thought about going into this much detail, but I'm just curious what you would say. So she was saying like the order of like flossing, using mouthwash, brushing your teeth, like she thought it mattered. And I was like, oh goodness, I don't think that it I have no idea, but it seems like, why would it matter the order? Is there a specific order or anything when you're incorporating flossing, brushing, and mouthwash? <laughs> you know, there, there's no right order. I, I find it really comes down to preference. As long as you're doing both actions, um, the flossing's to clean in between your teeth and the brushing's to brush the other parts of your teeth. So as long as you're mechanically removing that plaque and disturbing the bacteria, there's there's no right order. I guess the only time order really matters is if you're on a special toothpaste, a prescription toothpaste that has prescription strength fluoride in it. Um, I will recommend that to some of my patients who have high risk for decay. Um, the extra fluoride, uh, fluoride in general is a naturally occurring ion that is found in nature. And um, I talked a little bit before about demineralized teeth. They get a little bit porous, a little soft on the enamel layer. Well, that fluoride ion will go into those microporosities and make it more resistant to losing more minerals. Um, the fluoride doesn't permanently attach to the tooth, so it does need to be reapplied, but it's really good at you know, protecting those high risk areas and decreasing your risk for future cavities. So um, I will prescribe a prescription fluoridated toothpaste um, for home use. It's like giving yourself a fluoride treatment at home. That is the only time order matters because that should be the last step that you do. Because when you're done with that toothpaste, you spit it out and then you don't rinse because you want that fluoride to sit on your teeth. So, you know, if you have that special toothpaste, that's, that's really the only time that the order matters. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. So you said earlier kind of how, which is the same way bones work too, 
with aging, you were saying, what was it? The enamel or the salivary or something as you age mm-hmm. kind of decreases. What would you tell someone who is like, well, forget it. I'm just not going to do anything about it. Like there's a way of making sure we're kind of, we have a chance of maintaining at least where we're at. Correct. Yeah. And I would say your goal should always be maintaining because you don't want things to get worse. Um, it, it's good to know that you have factors that you're working against because it means you are fighting an uphill battle. So it just means that you need to work extra hard and be um, extra diligent in your, you know, brushing habits, flossing habits, um, maintaining and watching your diet. So um, I wouldn't just say, hey, I'm giving up because when you have those high risk things, um, you know, DK can just snowball and things can just, your dental disease can just advance. So, hey, you know, you might have only needed a filling here and there, but you stopped brushing because you said, what the heck, I, you know, then, you know, those cavities will turn into, um, you know, decayed teeth that maybe have tooth infections. You might need root canals if you want to save those teeth. And if you just let things go completely, it gets to the point where we need to start removing teeth. And if you remove teeth, then you don't, you, you can't chew food well. Um, you might be using a denture. Dentures are not comfortable. It's, it's like a giant hockey puck in your mouth. It's, it's never the same as having teeth. So we find that in our denture, whereas your quality of chewing life is decreased, you can't get nutrients that you need because you can't chew certain foods. So I'd say we, we really don't want to get to end stage dental disease. We want to try and maintain what we have. And, you know, it's okay if you have cavities. It's okay if there's dental issues that come up. What's important is that you're taking your dental health seriously. You're following through with recommended treatment so that you can try and maintain as best as you can. So don't feel bad if you have dental issues. You know, everyone does. I mean, even I get cavities. So it's just a natural process, but you want to try your hardest to minimize your risk. Okay, cool. That's awesome. And that feels like very empowering. Like what we're doing is going to make an impact, but we don't have to be perfect about it. Let's just try to maintain what we have right now. And um, so I love that advice. So I think you gave me this advice. So like when um, a while back, this was a while ago, when I had some of my cancer work done, they, my salary bands dried up. And so I was just like getting jaw pain from it. And, but as soon as I knew to start drinking or like the frequency of when I drank my water mattered. So that really helped. And then I'm just saying this because you say different medications can affect salivary. So just like the frequency of minimizing the time for food mattered and is helpful that you just shared with us, which is awesome to know. And like drinking water throughout the day helps me with my, like, I guess dry mouth is what you might call it. Right. Yeah. dry mouth. And so my, um, endocrine doctors just said like, just have cough drops. And I've always took really good care of my teeth and everything. And, but I was just like popping cough drops all the time and simple fix sugar-free cough drops. Is there anything wrong with popping sugar-free cough drops if you have salivary issues? No, that's actually um, a really good tip. Um, If you have 
some salivary flow, you're trying to stimulate your saliva. So um, saliva gets secreted when your mouth says, oh, there's food in here that I need to start um, breaking down and chewing. And so if you have something that's sugar-free, um, that's best because it's not contributing sugar to the bacteria in your mouth. But then there's something in there that your salivary gland thinks is food that it needs to start breaking down. So it does help with production. Um, sometimes sour things can help with production of saliva. Um, I would say that um, probably one of the better things than just a cough drop is to find something with xylitol in it. Xylitol is a sugar substitute that the bacteria can't use. Um, and studies have shown that if you have enough xylitol throughout your day, it can actually decrease the bacteria that causes decay. Um, if you have too much of it, it will act as a GI stimulant. So it's a fine balance, but um, I would say, you know, I love xylitol products and there's a lot on the market now. They've got xylitol um, suckers, xylitol, uh, xylitol lozenges. So there's more and more products coming out on the market that are geared towards um, alleviating dry mouth or stimulating natural salivary flow. Interesting. So this is the first time now I'll probably notice it listed somewhere. So where do you find this stuff? Amazon, online. Um, Just search for xylitol? Yeah, xylitol products. Sometimes they have it in the oral healthcare aisle. I know that um, I think Oragel will have a lozenge. I think that might have xylitol in it, but um, a lot of times I just direct my patients to look on online. They have it on Amazon. So um, there's direct sellers who have it too. Um, a lot of times we recommend it to our um, patients undergoing cancer treatment because the chemotherapy will just pretty much stop all salivary flow sometimes. Yeah, it's insane, right? And mm -hmm. I think it's just important to think of how different things are interacting. And this is really made me think about some things that I would never know is interacting with something else. And it's, it's all a balance, right? So this is very cool. I loved this. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you're like, you want to say to like most of your patients, like, here's your time, like, say it to us. Like, what do you think? Is there anything that I didn't ask you that would be really helpful for us as consumers, for our dentists? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say, you know, just the golden rule, brush twice a day for two minutes, floss every day. Um, and then don't be afraid to go to the dental office, even if it's been a little bit of time. Um, maintain your regular visits and cleanings and checkups so that you can catch problems when they're small rather than waiting for it to become a tooth emergency. So, you know, take care of yourself, take your health seriously and go visit your dentist every six months. And go. yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. So if people are listening, they're like, I want to, you know, learn more from Dr. Lauren or connect with her or go see her if she lives in, or if whoever lives in the Grand Rapids area, uh, where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am at Cascade Family Dental Group and you can find her web page. It's cascadefamilydentalgroup.com. Um, from that web page, there is a link to send a message. So you could always send a message on that web page. Um, 
If you want to email me directly, you can email me at laurenvanderhoof at gmail.com. Um, my name's spelt a little differently, so I'm sure we'll post that um, email for you in the link. Yep, exactly. We can put it in the description so that way they can connect with you and spell it correctly. Right? Yes. Perfect. All right. Awesome. I know Kirsten is a rough name too. So I'm just like, I'll answer to whatever. Um, but at least Lauren's easy to say. So we're happy for that. Yep. <laughs> we're happy for that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lauren. I can't wait um, to see you next time. And you rock, girl. Oh, hey, you rock. And I look forward to seeing you at your next checkup. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Ooh, ooh. Oh yeah, you did it. This has been another episode of the Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I think you know already that I love, love, love helping people just like you become stronger, brighter, bolder versions of yourself and kind of see something. I see something in you that maybe you don't even see already or you don't see yet. Okay, so I just want you to like soak that in and receive it. Be like, yes, yes, she's talking to me. So this has been an awesome featured episode. I hope you liked it. If you really enjoyed this podcast, could you share it with a friend? So hit the little three dots and send an email or a text message to a friend and or through the Instagram app or whatever you want to do. And just add a little message from you and why you thought of them when you heard this episode. And then make sure you're subscribed. And I can't wait to warm up with you with a little fitness inspired warm up on Friday to get your blood pumping, move around a little bit, or just soak up the enthusiasm and do a victory lap on your week. Have a great day. You rock.